This is Where the Wild Women Are, a podcast for women who want to connect with and unleash their inner wild woman. A wild woman knows her worth. She is unapologetic with strong boundaries. She's consciously present, authentic, and radically committed to self-love. She is untangling all of the conditioning that society has wrapped around women and is exploring what it really is that lights her up, how she can live life on her own terms, in flow with her beautiful feminine energy. In this podcast, we delve into topics such as living with our cycles and the moon cycles, feminine embodiment, spiritual practices, sacred sexuality, the pressures and joys of motherhood, natural living, and the need for community. I'm so excited to share it with you. I'm your host, Lindsay Dalton. I'm a menstrual cycle and feminine embodiment coach. I'm a birth keeper and the founder of Where the Wild Women Are, a well-being community. I'm also a singer and song leader, and most importantly, a mother of three children. I think you'll love this podcast if, like me, you love to learn and you're interested in living a life more connected to nature, to yourself and to others. So without further ado, let's begin. So I'm really excited to speak to today's guest. Uh, today we've got Kendall, who is a mindful gardening coach, and she helps exhausted women to replenish their energy levels through gardening and floristry for well-being. So welcome, Kendall. I'm so excited to chat with you today. And I think today we really wanted to chat um, about that connection to nature and how um, important that is for our well-being. Um, so I'm really interested to hear the work you do and also your kind of take on that. Hi, thanks so much for having me. And yes, um, it's something that I, I'll be honest, came to by accident. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I moved into a house that had a garden and started to garden, uh, mainly just as like a, something else to be done, mm -hmm. uh, you know, something else on my to-do list. But I, I really quickly realized actually that when I was gardening, that really was the only time that my mind was quiet. Mm. Um, at the time I was working in a really really stressful job and um, you know found it really hard to take any time for myself to uh, to switch off my my mind from running constantly you know always on to the next thing um, and actually it was it was that time in the garden that really allowed me to start to to slow down a little bit so was it something that you had ha already like had some knowledge about or how did that kind of evolve for you? Not particularly. I mean, my my grandpa had always grown sort of fruit and veg as mm -hmm. kind of grandparents tend yeah. to. Um, and my mum, uh, my parents ran their own business, so they were always, you know, pretty busy, but but they did have a garden and my mum did used to tend to the garden. But and, and, and talking to her about it now, you know, that was kind of her switch off and reflection time. Although at the time as a child, it seemed to me as if it was like, you know, something to, that she had to do. Mm. So I kind of would, I would get involved with that, but they didn't particularly teach me anything about, mm. about gardening. And it was just really, I've always, I've always, um, you know, I studied biology at university. I always was very interested in nature and plants specifically. And then um, when I was at university, my Saturday job, I actually worked on a flower stall. Oh, wow. um, this really beautiful flower stall in the center of Bath and just didn't really want to get a job in like a shop I thought you know I'll go for something a bit different a bit creative um and I just went up to them and said oh you know can I can I have a job and they were a bit like oh you've got <laughs> and I was like well no but like I think I'm quite creative so can I give it a go and they were like well come for a trial 
um and yeah it just worked really really well and you know I worked there for sort of two or three years Saturdays and Sundays um on the Sunday I'd be kind of eventually I was sort of setting up the flower cart on my own and I'd be the only one there for the day and I really loved it because it kind of really allowed me that creative outlet mm. from my studies um and looking back on it now that was kind of my my relaxation time even though I was working it didn't really feel like work because I was getting to be creative so then when I when we we moved into the house that we're still in actually and I, you know, had this garden space, it was very overgrown, um, and had, had not really been cared for when I moved in. So a lot of it was quite overwhelming to start with, I was thinking to myself, Oh, goodness me, like this, I'm not really sure what I'm doing here. Um, so I sort of slowly just started to learn, uh, you know, as you do on the internet, books, etc. But it, you know, that took me a long time, and mm. um, to learn all of those things. And, 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 eventually I got to the point where you know I I started growing flowers because I was like well you know then I know I can use them in in arrangements in the house mm. and stuff because I already had that that experience um and really my knowledge just kind of grew over time and then um it wasn't actually until I kind of became a mum um and had you know significantly less time on my hands because I was still working in an employed job at the time when I went back to work after my little girl um, that I had to really kind of um, cut down on the amount of time I could spend in mm. the garden and that was that was a bit scary for me because I relied so heavily on it to keep me feeling well um, mm -hmm. from, a, from a mental health point of view um, and that was when I really kind of I was already practicing mindful gardening but I really kept started to come up with specific activities that I could do in each season mm. um you know in sort of like five minute slots 20 minute slots 60 minute slots depending on how much time I had available because sure there were certainly days where I was lucky to even get five minutes um but I knew that I needed to have that, mm. that just even just that five minutes for myself and I wanted to be able to fast track if you will the well-being benefits that I would get from that five minutes because you know if you've got a whole day to spend in the garden sure you'll feel super mellow by the end of it because you'll have uh, you know been connecting with nature connecting with yourself um you know having that kind of that time alone with uh you know your thoughts and just getting on with the the activities you're doing but very few of us actually have like a full day to spend yeah. in the garden um so what i really was interested in and and, and have now ended up doing was really creating these specific uh, ways in which you could get yourself into that calm sort of flow state quicker mm. um, through, uh, through, you know, whilst doing the gardening activity. And, and, and a lot of that is by kind of really focusing on the sensations, um, you know, in your body. So really trying to connect your body with, uh, with what's all around you. Um, you know if you're digging in the soil you're noticing what muscles you're using where you can mm. feel it in your in your arm for example you're really listening in for the uh, you know the sound of the of the, the trowel blade cutting into the soil or chinking against some little stones or other inclusions that might be in the soil and it's really by, by really kind of honing in on those senses you're really kind of getting yourself out of that head yeah. and getting yourself into into the body and um, that is really what I found is where, uh, where the, you know, the, the, the well-being uh, benefits are so, uh, so enhanced. Oh my goodness, absolutely. I mean, this is a lot about 
that embodiment piece you know like you were saying and noticing all those um different sensations and all those different sounds and it's, it's you know I think so often when we think about mindfulness we think about it as being we've got it quite confused haven't we with kind of a meditation or yeah um or, or people think it's about clearing your mind and it's it's not it's very much like you said about bringing bringing yourself into the body but also noticing and being very aware being very open to to all the things that are going on around us and what mm. there's some of the um I guess for me it'd be really useful to hear kind of how when you're in nature and you're connected to that how that um I guess just how that changes your connection the more time you spend in nature how does that change your connection understanding to to nature and to cycles and to the seasons yeah so I think um you know obviously for me now I've been uh growing or co-creating with mother nature I like to call it my green Mm. space now for uh you know eight or nine years so I feel a really strong sense of connection to this particular garden for example um and for me it really helps me to feel um safe uh Mm. secure you know I've 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 used mindful gardening and, and gardening for well-being to to really create that safe space for myself through some really difficult times um, Mm. in my life and um, and I actually now when I kind of come home if I've had a bit of a challenging day and I come home and I go out into the garden or even if I've been in the house and I've been having a challenging day with my little girl and I go out into the garden I can physically feel it's almost like the garden's giving me a hug you know and and I can just feel the stress Mm. kind of just almost leaching out of my body into the ground and kind of being taken away and and absorbed um, in you know into the into the atmosphere if you will and then you know the the more time I can spend out there you know I I, I have that then that re-energizing from um, especially if I'm feeling really depleted if it's been you know a really long day and I'm I'm just feeling really wrung out that the energy kind of almost coming back up into my body through you know uh, connecting with the soil or you know mm. sometimes I'll just go if I've only got five minutes I'll just get out there and stand with my bare feet on the on the dirt you know so good um, love that love doing yeah. that <laughs> and, and I think yeah it is uh, yeah and it's so simple and quick and easy like yes. you don't have to have any gardening knowledge particularly I mean, right. it's not really a gardening thing it's just that connection element but yeah I mean obviously in terms of um you know living sort of seasonally and cyclically uh sure there's a lot more to do uh, you know in and going on in the garden a lot more to look at for example in Mm. spring summer Mm -hmm. even into autumn especially with the seasons and the the weather the way it is in this country now like it's it's not quite as defined as it perhaps once was um but obviously you still have that big period of rest in in winter time um and for me uh that really taught me a lot about how I I needed to live my life Mm. um you know I know you talk a lot a lot about sort of menstrual cycle awareness and you know we can't keep going on forever like our bodies are just not designed to do that Mm -hmm. so we must must have that that rest period and and not only do I have that rest period in my gardening practice but I do try and incorporate it you know if if it's a really busy time like spring for example is busy with sowing seeds Mm but I still make sure to allow myself that rest period because otherwise, um, you know, I'm not going to be able to wait nine months, for example, till winter comes around yeah. for me to have that rest. 
And for me personally, I I need the garden to and gardening to um, to stay mentally well. So mm-hmm. even in the winter, when I'm in my rest period, and obviously I'm doing far less in the garden than I am, say, in, in spring and summer, I still do make sure I get out in the garden and do some mindful gardening activities. And I know a lot of people think, oh, but it's cold or, you know, mm-hmm. it's raining. I'll be completely honest. I don't go out there when it's torrential rain. No one wants to go out there, get soaking wet and get a cold, right? But on a, on a sunny day, or even if it's just not raining, I will get out there. And, and I can feel quite a lot of resistance to that at times. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm, I like to, I'm, I'm quite a cold person naturally. I like to be all warm and cozy, but I feel so much better for just getting out there um and just and you know just even if it's just like pruning back a few little things just for like five or ten minutes or just going out with like a hot drink in my hand and just noticing what's going on Mm. in the garden because even in the winter you know there still will be the the, you'll be able to see signs of insects signs of 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 mother nature there kind of doing her thing and whilst those signs might not all be above ground with lovely sort of green shoots and leaves because obviously everything's having its rest there will still be signs to look out for. Um, and yeah, for me, uh, I, I try and kind of, whilst I live seasonally throughout the year, I do still try and incorporate those, uh, that seasonal element into my kind of, even my week, you know, even mm. my day to a certain extent. Um, you know, like I'll have a busy period of working or getting all the things I need to do whilst my little girl's at school. And then once she's home, then I can kind of have my sort of more rest, mm. mellow period. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think it's really taught me a lot about the need for that. And before I found gardening, I, I pretty much never allowed myself to, to take that kind of winter, if you will, ever. Mm. Um, so just, many people have that experience, don't they? They've just like have to keep going and almost like yeah. guilt if you stop, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, you know, I burnt out too many times to Mm -hmm. to think about really because I had that mentality of must keep going and and I think societally that's still such a such a belief of so many people is like if you're not if you're not working you're you're lazy or you're wasting time Mm -hmm. but actually what I found is I'm far much I'm far more productive in my in my working times when I'm well rested Oh yeah. Um, and, and I would, you know, I just think, especially as women, like men, obviously hormonally are set up so differently to us, but the working world, unfortunately is still so male is set up. It's designed yeah, for men. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, and it just doesn't work with our cycles. It doesn't work with the probably disproportionate amount of childcare that women are still expected mm-hmm. to do. Um, and so whilst I'm, you know, I, I talk a lot about that and I think, that's something that you know in time hopefully will change but I you know I really hope I've got a little girl and I really hope that you know she learns to or she doesn't even she doesn't even get herself to the point where she works herself into the ground because the awareness is going to be there before she even gets into that world Mm. of work you know yeah because we're changing Um, the values we're changing what we value and we start to value rest we start to value having space which is obviously one of the huge benefits for what you're talking about is giving yourself that real space yeah, to be able to um, have those moments I guess I guess what I'm, I'm thinking as well is like for some people who may be really anxious very in their heads the idea of like you know 
self-care or being still or meditation it's a very like scary idea if you're a very noisy brain that's constantly you're constantly trying to distract yourself away from feeling yeah because there's this this disembodiment idea this disassociation what I can hear is like how useful this would be for anyone who's feeling like that because you're still busy in the sense of you're moving your hands you're moving your muscles you're taking it all in aren't you but you're not um having to stay completely still and then you're yeah. also calming your nervous system by by doing all these things is that the ten- type of people that tend to come to your programs and work with you or is it kind of a full range yeah, <clears throat> yeah absolutely so um I think that was me that you described mm-hmm. there and uh that's absolutely the type of people that work with me who uh you know they they want to they really want to allow themselves to kind of start to slow down and and you know allow a little bit of self-care mm-hmm. but there's that thing in the back of their mind like oh must keep going must keep producing yeah. um and I think why gardening is so effective in this is because you know ultimately you are still creating something whilst you're sowing seeds or you're uh you know tending to your garden you are still doing something so it's almost like that first step in starting to slow down because you know and especially using the techniques that I teach that even further you know um increases the well-being and self-care benefits that you get from it um but I think yeah that's that's absolutely what it is and then I find a lot of my clients once they've kind of started to um you know really adopt the gardening techniques then they're sort of maybe a bit more open to trying some meditation Mm. or some breath work for example or some other areas of well-being because they've almost kind of just started to apply the brakes you know kind of that flying through life at 100 miles an hour and never allowing any time for yourself so yeah that's that's um the type of people I work with and I think why it's so effective in helping them because I think like you say to sit there and meditate and I you know I tried that because I knew I had Mm -hmm. I knew I needed to do something and I tried meditation and I just I found it more stressful because my brain was so so busy um whereas with gardening I had something to focus on but it Mm. wasn't it wasn't stressing my brain having to focus on it um, and sure, there are some of my clients that's, that, and I guess why people work with me is because they're like, I really want a garden for my well-being, but I'm still finding it quite stressful because I'm having to go on YouTube or search yeah. on the internet and research, and I haven't got time to do that. So the beauty of working with me is that, you know, I've done all of that mm. research and preparation for them, and I'm just giving them the tools and the activities and the um you know the methods to to actually get gardening which Mm. you know I think a lot of people can use the kind of research element as like more procrastination oh absolutely you're back in your head again aren't you thinking about and all the ways it could go wrong and I'm not going to do it right and oh yeah absolutely and sometimes it's just starting that's the hardest part (laughs) just getting started if you've got someone who knows about it then obviously that's gonna be a lot easier yeah yeah and you know I'm obviously I work with clients one-to-one and in a group setting but you know to actually physically get them doing it it's almost like I've ripped the band-aid off and then they're sort yeah. of quite happy to, to to keep going because they've got that benefit from that for even just that very first session um you know they're starting to their confidence is starting to grow and uh, they're starting to sort of think more creatively I I have a, a dream garden visualization that I use with my clients that really kind of gets them thinking about um, you know what it is that they want from their garden because I think 
you know, Instagram, the internet can be a really noisy place with opinions mm-hmm. and, and, and inspiration, but also, um, you know, that inspiration can, co- again, cause the procrastination because you're like, oh, I want to do that, but I also want to do that. But do I really want to do that? Yeah. So I think that's why this visualization, visualization is so effective because it kind of really gets them to, into their bodies mm-hmm. um, and really kind of helping them to, uh, to, to really focus in on what it is they want. Um, yeah and it's gardening for them isn't it rather than like for somebody else or someone else's approval to say oh well done you've done a good you know you've got a good garden or whatever we're so in that mentality aren't we that like you hear all the time don't you oh I'm not very green fingered or I'm not a gardener I'm not the type of person because we have this idea that we've like you know we're unitary beings and we have to be there's these type of people that do gardening or these type of people that know like we all have access to this it would have been how our ancestors would obviously have been tending the land it's so natural for us it's such a natural environment for us to be in they had no choice you know they had to feed themselves and I think you're so right like it's really easy for people to to use gardening as another stick to beat themselves Mm. with women and I really obviously strongly encourage my clients to to stay away from that I say to them you know like you could come into my garden and you might think it's great but you also might think it's awful like I love bright colors right so my garden's got loads of bright colors in it and some people might say well hang on a minute you're like teaching mindfulness your garden should be all calming and and I'm like no 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 my garden is what what works for me yeah um you know that's what makes my heart sing when I go outside is Mm. to see loads of bright pops of color um, you know, I really use it to re-energize myself. And sure, there's areas in my garden that are, are car- more calming um, and the planting is designed to uh, to encourage that. But I, uh, that's why I think it's so key to work with somebody who can really, you know, help you draw out what it is that you want to gain from it. Because um, otherwise, you know, you can kind of start going and then and then six months down the line, you think, oh, God, you know, actually, I really don't like that. But I just kind of mm. did it someone on Instagram had done it and I thought it was quite cool um but yeah I think you're right I think um it it really is about you know making a space that is your space um that isn't for anybody else's approval obviously I've got a daughter there's a massive climbing frame in the middle of my lawn I really resisted it for a long long time (laughs) and then I was like no no she does also live here you know so but it's but it's kind of tastefully surrounded by nice, brightly coloured flowers. So I don't and mind. It, yeah. And that's it. You probably get to spend a little bit more time out there while she's playing. So yeah, <laughs> that works <exactly>. out. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, works out for everybody. But but yeah, I think, um, you know, my husband has no, luckily for me no interest in the garden. So I can kind <laughs> of just kind of do what I want. But, you know, I look out the window at my garden now and sure, there's beds that still need clearing um you know that where I've kind of left things to just overwinter and they're all kind of brown and sticky and people might look at my garden now and think oh gosh you know that looks a bit rubbish she's supposed to teach people gardening like her garden doesn't look pristine at all times but that's why I quite often find sort of gardening programs that you watch Mm. quite frustrating because they're always looking pristine like you know those ones where they go and they make over the garden and I think to myself okay so you've given these people this amazing garden that you've made over but have you taught them like how to look after it because otherwise it's going to all be so exactly. overgrown in six months or you know two one or two years time they're not going to know what they're doing with it so the focus for me really is is creating that space with the person but also making sure they've got the tools to be mm. able to care for it going forwards in a way that benefits the plants but also benefits them because yeah. that's that's what we're there 
to, that's what I'm there to do. You know, mm. that, that my focus really is on helping um, that strengthen that bond between the, the green space and and the person as well. It's amazing. I love that because it's such a holistic take. I think, uh, you know, really encompasses the whole person and going forward, like it's only going to affect, you know, it's going to be a ripple effect for them really, isn't it? For their whole lives. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, past clients have sort of said to me, you know, I've managed to reduce my anxiety medication, which is like, wow, that's that amazing. amazing. You know, and um, that because they're kind of more connected with themselves because they're allowing themselves mm. to be more connected with themselves. They're giving themselves that headspace to actually think about oh, that situation I found myself in earlier today, how do I actually feel about that rather than just ignoring uh, the feelings they had and burying them and continuing on? Um, And, you know, their confidence not only in the garden grows, but also in, you know, vocalizing those feelings to loved ones. Mm. So, you know, sharing with partners, husbands, children about how a situation is making them feel because they're actually allowing themselves to feel their feelings. Um, just just by giving themselves that little bit of headspace um, from being in the garden so it really is so so powerful Mm. Um, yeah (laughs) I love it and it's and yeah I think I've been the one who's been kind of guilty of also being like oh I'm not a gardener because can't you know I think you have those um things that almost go through your family like my mum always used to say like oh I can't keep plants alive so I kind of also kind of said that and believed that mm. and I think sometimes it's just about starting small isn't it like not having to necessarily have the whole plan but maybe is, is there like a small place but I was going to ask you what do you do if like you don't for example I've got a garden but it's not um most of it's not like lawn there's small areas that I could do like beds in or something but mm. it's mostly like one of those terraced gardens, you know, so it's like mm. a lot of um, concrete and steps. Like what if you don't yeah. have a garden or live in an apartment? I'm guessing there's still ways you could maybe create something. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, in terms of kind of getting started, I always say to everybody, no matter how big their garden is or how small, I say just choose one area to focus on because if you've got a huge area, it's really overwhelming and you're just looking at it thinking, mm. God, what do I do? What do I do? So I always just say, look, just choose one area, get that looking really good, grow your confidence, mm. you know, feel that pride in yourself for having created that. And then you can move on with that to the next area, you know, mm. and that could be, that could be later this year. That could be next season. You know, there's no, you know, it's not about rushing to get things mm-hmm. done. It really is about, I know it sounds really cheesy, but it really is about the journey and the process. Mm. And even now with my garden, you know, I, I look at it and I'm like, oh, I kind of can't really do much more. But then there's always something else. That I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to change that because it's not really how I feel anymore, for example. But yeah, from a small garden point of view, or if you've got a lot of um, hard landscaping and you want to add uh, plants, you can always have containers. So uh, container gardening, yeah is there's there's you know that you won't be able to necessarily grow the breadth um of of plants that you could if you were planting straight into the ground because not all plants will enjoy being in a container um but certainly if you wanted to like grow some veg for example you can easily grow veg in some you know pots or Mm -hmm. uh you know those kind of troughs that you can get I actually even made a uh like a trough out of an old filing cabinet um (laughs) that I found on Facebook for free because I really wanted like a big trough and I just couldn't find one anywhere that wasn't like hundreds of pounds and it worked really really well oh yeah so would you just turn it on its side take out the drawers or something take out the drawers and then just made sure there were some holes in the bottom for the water to flow out 
um and then and then yeah just created you know a, ooh, a little that's a good idea then, yeah. I've yeah, got a filing was, cabinet I'm trying to get rid of so I was like ooh. oh well there you go yeah <laughs> I think I got um the one I got was black anyway but obviously sometimes they're funny colors aren't they so you could just spray it if you mm. you know just get some sort of metal paint and spray it but yeah then you could easily like in there grow sort of lettuces tomatoes whatever you kind of fancy the key thing is really knowing um what sort of conditions you've got to give mm-hmm. the plants so mm-hmm. For example, if you've got a really shady garden, you would struggle to grow tomatoes, for example, because they need a lot of sun. So tomatoes are what's called an annual plant. So you plant the seed in sort of February, March time. The plant grows. It produces fruit, the tomatoes. You pick them and then the plant dies all in one season. Mm. Um, So because of that, they need to do a lot of growing quite quickly in order to get you your ripe fruit. Um, and therefore they need a lot of energy from the sun Mm. in order to do that so in a shadier garden doesn't mean you can't grow veg you absolutely can things like um, lettuce will grow really well in a shadier space I always grow my beetroot in in a kind of shady bed that I've got in my garden and actually that's slightly more beneficial for those particular um, uh, like lettuce for example because when you grow lettuce in a really sunny spot it can easily quickly run to seed, which you don't want mm. it to do. Um, so by growing it in the shade, you, you're you not having to like water and tend to it quite so much. And it just stays a little bit cooler. So you get more of the leaves, which is ultimately what you want from lettuce. So yeah, there's definitely ways to grow. And even if you're in an apartment, you know, you can buy, um, you can buy sort of uh, tumbling tomato varieties that will actually grow in a pot on your windowsill, provided you've got a sunny nice warm yeah. windowsill to grow them on um things like herbs obviously you can grow as well so um there's definitely ways to you know I think you'd, you'd struggle to fill a full year of of daily mindful gardening with a with a windowsill growing but you could still you know absolutely give it a go and enjoy the fruits of your labor by mm-hmm. you know having the odd fresh uh, ripe tomato or some basil or even lettuce if you wanted mm. to so, yeah there's definitely ways and means I, I just wanted to come back to quickly what you said about um uh you know your mum always saying that she mm-hmm. she couldn't really grow and you've just kind of adopted that it's so fascinating isn't it it's almost like uh I know you do some stuff around money mindset as well yeah and you just kind of absorb these beliefs absolutely and, and I think uh quite often my clients will kind of come to me and they'll they'll say things similar to that or you know I just or or, or I just can't I just can't you know I've I've Mm. tried and I just can't do it and I think so much of it is about allowing yourself to make a mistake and allowing yourself to fail um and I think again societally and especially as women we we really struggle with that because we uh, you know for so long at schools for example mm-hmm. you know you're told unless you you know get everything right then you're you're not you're a failure basically yeah and I think for me and certainly my clients gardening has taught me so much about the fact that it's actually okay to fail and that actually you know by by just because it doesn't mean you've done something wrong necessarily and this is where like the power of mother nature comes in mm. because you know, I can look after my tomato seeds in exactly the same way that I looked after them last year. But if there's a really late frost, for example, from Mother Nature, I'm not going to get as good results, yes. you know. And yes. so I think there's certainly a, a lesson to be learned there from the garden and, and nature of you, you just can't control everything, you know. Mm. Um, and I think that is a, a life lesson that actually, as women, we do really need to 
to learn because mm-hmm. so many of us hold on to that perfectionist um you know want we all want to mm. do everything perfectly and um I think for many of us that then become mothers that it becomes even more challenging because everyone wants to have the per- be the perfect mum and the perfect child and let's face it we all know that that's just a load of old rubbish yeah um, and I think gardening you know if gardening is kind of like it kind of teaches you to start to get used to doing things that maybe mm. don't end up the way you want them to be mm. and without any like massive consequence because let's face it what's what's the worst that can happen you know you don't you don't grow any tomatoes this year oh dear you know really yeah. not the end of the world yeah um so yeah so, so I yeah think- that's so important that lesson of surrender too and and yeah uh, and also that um that renewal piece which I think ties in mm. so nicely with what we we're talking about with cycles like it's okay if this season something happened there was a storm or whatever you didn't get you didn't spend enough time or whatever it was or like you said mm. the mother nature piece but that you'll get a chance at another cycle to try it again a different way yeah. or perhaps decide and adapt to adapt yeah yeah and think oh you know okay so you know uh my lettuce just all bolted and went to seed really quickly right well this year instead of growing them in the sunniest spot in the garden I'm going to grow them in a shadier spot mm. or I'm going to set up uh you know like a, a schedule sounds a bit like full-on but for watering <laughs> so I make yeah. sure they get enough water you know and and yeah you get a do-over don't you really mm. and I think um in reality in life we get so many do-overs but it's almost like we've been conditioned to think that if we make a mistake once that's us doomed forever yeah and um and I really and I was like that you know I really held on to everything so tightly Mm. and controlled everything so much because I was so scared of things going wrong um but actually once I started to kind of allow myself to to let go a little bit not only was I happier um but I also just yeah of course I made mistakes but you know life just became a bit easier because I wasn't like constantly worrying into the future about things going wrong because I kind of knew they probably would go a bit wrong to be honest um and I just kind of had to be at peace with that and and I think that's really helped me certainly Mm. from an anxiety point of view that's helped me hugely Oh my goodness, so many, there's so many lessons and gifts there, I feel like, in that we've just <laughs> um, crammed into this into this beautiful episode, which is so fantastic. And I feel like I'm hoping that anyone listening is going to feel that it's like I am, I'm almost like itching to, to go outside, even though I'm looking outside thinking it's a bit grey, but I think I'm I'm starting to like think about, oh, what could I plant? Like it's getting me excited to think about that. You should always start with something that you are really passionate about mm. or interested in. So for example, if you really, love sweet corn straight from you know fresh sweet corn grow that you know if you really love um brightly colored peonies grow them just start with something that you really really love because that's going to give you the most momentum to see it through to the point where you can be like yeah I bloody did this and I'm really proud of myself so So I love the fact that you then connected with you were like right I'm going to grow my own herbs because I'm a I'm going to use them there's nothing worse than growing loads of like fruit and veg and then not actually eating any of them. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you just grow them because you've got this free seed packets from the magazine. Exactly what I did. And I'm like, I don't even yeah. like these. 
What's yeah, the point? And then you're just like, and then you can't really be bothered to water them because you're no. like, I'm not going to eat them. And no one, no, no, no one in the family is going to eat them. So I'm just like wasting my time here. So yeah, so I am, um, I'm quite ruthless with myself. Every year I have like, a, I do a seed audit basically. And I go through all my seed packets and I'd be like, do you know what? I grew those last year and I didn't really like them. I'm going to gift them. And I just give them away on like a local mm. Facebook group um, because someone else might get real joy from that. And and I think that as well, you know, can then connect you with your local community, which I yeah. think is obviously so powerful as well. And we haven't been allowed to or able to do a lot um, for that for uh, for a while. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, there's so there's literally just so many things that gardening can teach us. And and to kind of link with what you talk a lot about is, you know, it's, um, it's not surprising to me, really, when you consider that our ancestors you know had to live off the land that's mm -hmm. how they all lived it wasn't like a choice of they couldn't tell themselves I can't garden they just had to right. get on with it yes because like otherwise they had no food and they had to adapt and they had to um you know try again the following season mm -hmm. and I think sometimes in life it's quite nice to go back to those to the more simplistic absolutely um, things yeah. and 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 get out of our heads and into just physically doing uh mm. doing things that you know that mean we we actually do grow as people mm. as well um and it, it seems odd because it's almost like I feel like sometimes I'm going a little bit in reverse you know I think with sort of technology now there's so many things that you can do online that to save you time and and make mm. life easier and then actually sometimes I'm like do you know what I just really like to have like a pen and paper yes. rather than like on a computer or you know I just I like to go back to that kind of sim more simple way because actually I feel like a I learn more from it and also um it just it just helps me to kind of be in my body a little bit more. I think I'm hearing that more and more because I think it's our generation um I think we're probably a similar age I'm guessing mm. and I think our, it's our generation that have kind of obviously started our life without as much technology and then have really been in it as adults yeah. you know as, as yeah. late teens in this mm. technology and it's grown so fast and mm. we're starting to actually we haven't got the connection to the simpler things that yeah. perhaps our parents generation had or their parents generation had because that was the way and so we're so used to now this fast-paced everything happening way aren't we and I think that mm we we know like innately when you do those simple things like sit around the fire or touch the soil or go for a walk like simple things like watching the sunrise like there's something in you that stirs that's ancient you know when mm. you like walk in the woods or something you look at those trees you look at the moon there's something in you that's like I know this like this is in mm. me because it's what mm. my ancestors have been doing mm. and I think we're all kind of craving that um going back stripping back all of this other stuff so yeah and this is a beautiful way of being able to do that yeah and I think you know in reality gardening there aren't any kind of technological hacks really that no. assist you you know you've still got to get the seed and you've got to put it in the soil using yeah. your hands you know like there's something so um life affirming about creating mm -hmm. that new life you know um mm. that, and it's so simple that actually it's really powerful yes yeah, absolutely. Just how miraculous that is, you know, to start mm. from that seed and into this, you know, flower or plant or whatever it's going to be. 
Mm. Yeah, it's huge. Oh, I've loved chatting with you so much. I feel like we could we could chat about so many things that would relate to this. But um, I think just people listening, how can they um, work with you? I know you've got a membership and there's other programs mm. that you do. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I um I could I work with people individually on like a six week basis. Um, so that program's called How to Create a Mindful Garden. So that really is kind of you know, helping you to plan your garden. So we use that visualization to kind of get to the key of what you want to um, to look at. Um, then we create it together and we can, we can do that um, remotely or if you're close to me, obviously I can physically come to your garden and help you do it as well. And then the, the, the last two weeks is really like future care. So how to mm. care for that garden going forwards because I think there's a lot of people out there that kind of will do a garden design for you and then you're kind of left to your own devices. Yeah. And I think that can be a bit overwhelming and, and actually is kind of completely counterintuitive to what I want people mm. people's connection with their garden to be I really want it to be I really want them to feel like they've had a part in creating it and also know what they're doing to 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 benefit them and the garden going forwards mm. so that's obviously like a on a one-to-one basis so really bespoke and tailored to your space and then I've also recently launched the um the mindful gardening club which is the UK's only online gardening and floristry wow. for well-being like membership um, and it's just for women and it's basically to help you learn to grow your own food and flowers um in in your own green space that might be in your garden it might be in an allotment because we've got some allotment holders as well um and it's it's kind of much more self-directed so there's um you know training from me but then we also have like live coaching sessions where you can bring all your questions and get sort of direct answers from me and my direct support and then we also do because I wanted a real focus on community we also do um seasonal grow along sessions as well where we'll we'll actually sort of get together and either plan our gardens together or we'll be doing some seed sowing all together and and that's kind of a chance for us to actually do the gardening activities but connect with each other talk about like life and gardens fantastic Um, you know many of us are kind of mothers obviously all women and I think we all go through similar challenges in our lives so it's nice to have someone there that you can kind of talk to and just get advice from you know um and then lastly I uh last year uh, towards the end of last year created the mindful gardening planner which is still uh, available to buy now and this is really it's, it's an a5 diary but it's designed to give you like a simple month by month plan to get you sort of started with gardening for your well-being but without adding to the mental load because mm. as we spoke about earlier I think so often it can be that oh really overwhelming like oh it seems like this is a big step but this is a really simplified like right this month sow some seeds the next month pot them on and it kind of really Mm. guides you through the full the full year um so yeah so that's kind of and then obviously free freebie wise I'm on Instagram that's mainly where I hang out and my handle is Kendall Marie Platt there so come give me a follow and I've got linked on there and on my website I've got loads of um free resources and blog posts and um mindful Mm -hmm. gardening guides and stuff that people can download to kind of give it a go before they um, yeah 
see if they like it so yeah, yeah. to get started kind of right away yeah. and connect with you well we'll pop that all obviously in the show notes so everyone can go and check that out but but yeah it all sounds so wonderful and I think so so beneficial for everyone no matter what kind of stage of their garden they have but really for their for their overall well-being as well so thank you yeah. so much for sharing and I hope that everyone listening really found that um beneficial and inspirational thanks Kendall bye thank you for listening if you enjoyed that I would love it if you could give me a review reviews really help the podcast to be seen by others so that more people can listen to where the wild women are we also have a a free Facebook community that you can find it's at where the wild women are and we have our Instagram as well which is wherethewildwomenare.community I would love it if you could come over and say hi and let me know that you've listened to the podcast and if you've enjoyed it have a lovely day wherever you're listening